0: Welcome back, party people, to the place everybody wants to be. You know it. You love it. It is Victory Lane. This week on the show, episode 24, Kevin Harvick wins at Michigan, but his son Keelan steals the show. Plus, Austin Sendrick, pretty good on road courses, I would say. The truck playoff field is set. God, I love the truck series. And as you see from the episode title, John Hunter Nemechek the guest on this week's show. Shout out to my boy, Brad Perez. Nema Toads. Still no intro, so here comes the lame, per usual. I don't know if you guys can tell from my voice, but I'm a bit under the weather this week. Yeah, a little cold bug bit me, but I'm actually currently coming to you guys from Bristol, Tennessee. Actually, Bristol, Virginia. I think my hotel's in Bristol, Virginia. Point is, I'm in Bristol for the KM Pro Series East Race. The Bush's Beans 150 is going to take place on Thursday afternoon, evening. Uh, maybe by the time you're listening to this, it already happened. Maybe by the time you're listening to this, it is happening. I don't know. One way to find out tweet me if you're listening because I want to know that people are tuning in to this fine show. Let's talk about the Consumers Energy 400. From Michigan International Speedway. Kevin Harvick catches the dub for the second year in a row at Michigan in the August race. Second time this season and the third time in his career at this two-mile track in Brooklyn. He was the quickest car yet again at Michigan and I, I looked at the central speed rankings from David Smith of Motorsports Analytics posted on The Athletic and Kevin Harvick and the number four team have been the fastest car for the last eight, nine, ten or so weeks in the cup series, they just haven 't been able to close the deal every single week, but they got that win at new hampshire they 've been quick running in the top five consistently ever since then, and they capped it off again with another victory in michigan so what's the secret to kevin's success at this track and overall this season
1: Fast cars you know i think as as i've been fortunate to come here through the years um, you know I think our guys on our team would probably tell you the same thing. we probably feel like we should have won. Just about every race we've we've come to since I've been at Stewart Haas Racing, when we've come to Michigan, and and just one thing or another, and it seems like we've definitely uh, got over that hurdle as as uh, as as we've run the last couple of years and, and been to Victory Lane. So it's been a, a racetrack, and, and it falls right into uh, especially into the into the Ford wheelhouse uh, from the engine standpoint, and and our guys do a great job from a detail standpoint and just getting every possible thing out of the car that that they can, and and this is this is one of those weekends where they kind of turn you loose, um, from the engine side and the oil side and, um, yeah, ad- attitude of the car. I mean, everybody, everybody wants to do well for their manufacturer here. And, and, um, you know, we've been, we've been fortunate to have a lot of fast cars.
0: I tease it in the open Keelan stole the show. So he runs to his dad's car. His dad picks him up. He says, Hey, remember the floorboard's hot, plug your ears. That was funny. Uh, did a mini victory lap kind of with his with his dad driving, then he stood in the car for a burnout, grabbed the flag, enjoyed every second of it, and so did everybody watching. I, I really was—I was just smiling. It was one of those cool moments, those father-son moments, and we saw it happen last year. I get
1: that, but this is just pretty damn cool. He brought the flag from last year um, when it, when I picked him up when we met up. We went to the we went to um, I had to go to an appearance, so he met me at the in Dearborn, and we went to the Tigers game on on um, Thursday night. And we got back to the bus and the, the flag was in there. I'm like, why in the world did you b- bring the flag? He's like, it's gotta be good luck. So you know, we we need to take two flags home. So you were right. Filled the tires up with air this this morning. Tire guy, he's out. Firing him, right? Yep. <laughs> Keelan's two for two airing the tires up. So he said that the tire guy it's gotta be it's gotta be him putting the air in the tires. So um so we had two flags and a new tire guy.
0: Crew chief Rodney Childers was the man who set up the car and He was feeling a little bit of revenge because last time they came to Michigan, they had the fastest car, but there was just something wrong in the setup, and he felt like he was the one to blame for that.
2: So they came back with the exact same car, had even more speed, and wound up closing the deal. You know, to be honest, we we love coming to to Michigan. We love this racetrack, and I think if you look at the history of the four car, we've been fast here every time we've ever came. Um, So you know, we had a great car here in the spring, um, of my own doing, we had too much left front camera in the car in the spring and, um, never could put ourselves in position to lead the race because every time we, uh, caution come out, we had to put four tires on our car when other guys were putting two on. So, um, you know, the, the biggest thing coming back was to fix that problem and, and to try to, you know, hit some more details and try to make the car a little bit better. But um you know overall it's the same car that we ran here last time and um we, we, it didn't hardly have a scratch on it last time and um to be honest I was a little disappointed that it was it was only on the body plate for like half a day and I'm like surely to god they didn't get everything done to that thing in a half a day that uh, you know you try to continually make your cars better and update them and um so you yeah, know it, it was good and uh it's been fast all weekend and everybody on the four team just did a great job of like I said hitting those details all weekend rounding out the top five you had Denny Hamlin Kyle Larson Martin Truex Jr. who in his
0: 500th start wound up coming from the back one stage one he was one of the quickest cars all afternoon and Daniel Suarez don't look now but he is now back in the playoff hunt for one of those final few coveted spots a lot of people ran out of fuel at the end and he was able to scrounge, and claw his way for a top-five finish. Kyle Busch came home in sixth. He did not have the typical speed that we're used to seeing out of him this weekend, but one stage two. Ryan Priest with a solid seventh-place run. William Byron, Chase Elliott, and Alex Bowman, that Hendrick trio, rounded out the top ten. There were a handful of drivers that ran out of fuel, like I mentioned, with a couple laps to go. The one that I think is the most impactful, it's Joey Logano. So he was leading. Kevin Harvick took the lead from him with 11 laps to go. He was not really going to make it to the end. But he finished 17th, which is huge in the regular season points battle because Kyle Busch is able to stretch his fuel and finish in the top 10. He now took over the regular season points lead from Joey Logano. At the end of the regular season, the winner of that regular season title gets 15 playoff points. 15! I think Kyle Busch is already going to be pretty much a lock, Homestead Miami Speedway, but Joey Logano was not going to be. So, if he's able to somehow, some way get back that point lead and get those 15 playoff points, those are going to be huge. So, I thought that was something big. I also just want to touch briefly on Penske. A lot of power from Penske this past weekend. That was a lot of peace. You had at one point, it was one, two, three, four, the Penske cars were running with Paul Menard as that satellite operation out of the Wood Brothers shop in Stewart, Virginia. But they all wound up pitting late for fuel. So, uh, Ryan Blaney, he was he was really strong early on. I know he was a little bit disappointed with their strategy. Brad Keselowski started from the pole, led a handful of laps. Hell of a save as well in stage two. If you guys haven't seen that, check that out online. I also talked about it in my highlight hump day. But anyways, Brad was really, really solid. So was Blaney. So was Logano. And Paul Menard even was making some noise up there for a little bit too. So, Even though Joe Gibbs Racing is at the top of the mountain right now, and even though Stuart Haas Racing seems to be coming on pretty strong with Hendrick Motorsports also getting some wins, I honestly think that Penske is probably the second strongest organization right now in the Cup Series. So that is the Consumers Energy 400 from Michigan International Speedway. Let's move on. And talk about the Truck Series from Michigan. The playoffs are set as well as the Xfinity Series race from mid-Ohio sports car course. Austin Sindrick goes back-to-back, and he's now in a class of his own in terms of drivers to win their first two races in the Xfinity Series coming in back-to-back starts. I believe Chad Little and Jamie McMurray are among those list of drivers. And look, he's happy about that, no doubt about it, but he's not even letting it sink in. He's looking ahead to Bristol this week
3: and the playoffs. Next next week isn't going to be easy, but uh, I've grown a lot at, at, at tracks like Bristol, and uh, uh, I've, I've I'm already thinking about what what I need to work on, where where the groove's going to be, where where our race car needs to be based based off the spring race. So I'm I'm pretty motivated to get one of these things done on an oval. Uh, I, I think it'd give our, our team a lot of confidence because you know we race mostly on ovals. So when we come to racetracks like this, obviously you know we can have a lot of confidence in our cars and, and confidence in me. And you know I I think we're building that to those other racetracks and. Uh, I'm just I'm just over the moon to win at a place like this. You know, get my first two wins uh, within a week is is incredible. Um, So I'm just I'm just over the moon, thankful for Brian and everyone on the team um, for sticking behind me. You know, I've I've had to learn and grow a lot in this series. Um, I mean, before that, I had one year of stock car racing experience, and that was at the truck level. And even there, it took me a little bit to understand it all and from from really racing around places like this and GT cars to, to drive a NASCAR trucks and then then to be here. So I've grown a lot and uh, I'm glad the hard work starting to pay off a little bit.
0: I think it's safe to say Austin Sindrick.
3: Yeah, pretty
0: good at that road course stuff. Truck series, though. God, I love the truck series. Austin Hill, he wins it at Michigan. His second win of his career and this season winds up bookending the regular season for Hattori Racing Enterprises kicked it off with a win at Daytona, and closed it off with a win at Michigan. Not a bad season so far for Austin Hill and HRE, and they are now in the playoffs. But Austin talks about his day here, one with those pretty up
4: and down. It's kind of an up and down race for us. Um, We were having a little issue on pit stops and um, kept kind of falling back on restarts. And uh, then I ended up speeding on pit road, and man, just one thing kept happening and um, another, and um i kind of didn't think we were going to get back up there um it was kind of hard to pass but uh after a few laps and we got tired the tires got worn um we had really good speed and we could actually wrap the bottom really well and clear the guys uh clear the guys uh coming off the corner pretty easy so i can't thank scott and these guys enough uh man they've they've worked their tails off um this is a brand new truck so uh first race on it so we're one for one with it so Uh, That feels really good, and can't thank Hino and Eisen and United Rentals and everybody on board. Uh, Toyota Tundra was fast, so just can't thank everybody enough for uh, all their support.
0: I'm going to run it down for you guys, each of the eight Gander Outdoors Truck Series playoff contenders. I'll do this quick, but if you want to check it out, you could go on NASCAR.com, click the Gander Outdoors Truck Series page, and the first thing that you'll see is an article, gallery of sorts, written by yours truly. Very cool that NASCAR has given me the opportunity to do some stuff there. Um, I basically ran down some stats saying, you know, how many playoff points they got, what they've done this season, how and why they will win the title. And I did that for each driver. So let's start off with the one seed, Brett Moffitt. He's the defending champion last year, of course, with HRE, this year with GMS. He he did not win the regular season title, but he does have the most playoff points entering the postseason. The man who did win that championship is Grant I call him Mr. Consistency because he was just so gosh darn consistent this entire truck's regular season. Didn't get a win, but was in the top five, top ten, scoring stage points out the wazoo. So Grant Enfinger is your two seed. Stuart Friesen, his best career year in the truck series to date. He's the three seed coming off of a victory a couple weeks back at Eldora Speedway on the dirt. He is hot at the right time. Then you have Austin Hill with HRE, who we just talked about at length. Ross Chastain as the 5 seed. Now, the storyline on this guy, we've talked about it at length. It, it's pretty crazy. But I honestly do think that he's the favorite to win this championship. When you think about what this guy has gone through, right? Declares for truck points midway through the season. Forfeits all of the points that he has earned in Xfinity. Starts from the bottom, literally the bottom. Wins a race. Has it taken away from him after failing inspection. So what does he do? He comes back the very next week. And he wins that thing. All right? Like, this is, I've talked about it at length again, but this is one of the coolest stories, not just this year, but I think overall in NASCAR in the past decade or so. Like, this is pretty crazy. Oh, and by the way, he's run a handful of Cup Series races. I think started out running 27 or so races in a row across all three series. Did not miss a single race. And he won the Xfinity race at Daytona. His patented watermelon smash. We're going to be seeing a lot of that. This postseason, I really do think that he's the favorite to win this title. Matt Crafton, he kind of rivaled Grant Enfinger in my book for the Mr. Consistency title. He does not have a win so far this year, which is kind of strange to think for a two-time champion. But he's been really, really consistent and kind of flying under the radar, if I do say so myself. Johnny Sauter, he's been a bit up and down, but will not be afraid to ruffle some feathers. We saw that as he wound up being suspended for his dust-up with Austin Hill. Uh, and he's a former champion as well for Thor Sport. He's got something to prove. His GMS kind of kicked him to the curb after last season. And Tyler Ankrum, uh, we've had him on the ge- as a guest on the show before, Mister Cow Licker, Cowboy Boot Wearing himself. I think he'll probably tell you here he's the most inexperienced by far. But I also think, unfortunately for Tyler, he's kind of the weakest link out of this group because, like I said, you got three defending champions, a guy who won the regular season title, um, two or one driver, I guess, Stuart Friesen, who's having his best career season to date. And then you have Ross Chastain, who has been red hot all season long. But the fact that Tyler's even here is pretty incredible because he had those 2 starting park starts with Nemco Motorsports, wound up getting the victory with DGR Crosley at Kentucky Speedway, and he's in the playoffs. And look, man, he's done this before. Like, he was not supposed to run a full year last year in K&N East, and DGR, well, he kept winning, and he won Rookie of the Year, locked that up. And then he wins the championship. So, look, I get that he was in good equipment last last year. He's in good equipment this year, too. But he's a wheel man. No doubt about that. I'm excited to see how this truck series playoffs pan out. I've said it before. I'll say it again. I think that this series is, if not the best racing in all of NASCAR. And I'm really, really excited to see how it gets underway this weekend in Bristol. And then going on to Canada. Eh? Interview time. That's right, time to talk to GMS Racing Xfinity Series driver, John Hunter Nemechek. That's three names for you, three names. He has one win in the Xfinity Series, six career truck series wins, and he's a pretty good wheel man. He's had a heck of a journey to get to where he is now in his career. Some topics that we touched on, him being a workout freak, grandma being his biggest fan, which is pretty interesting and I think a cool backstory behind that. The 2014 Allison Legacy Series, how he kind of broke out in that series. Cool story with Kyle Busch racing him hard at IRP. Running with no sponsorship, what that's like. A story about his dad, Front Row Joe, making him work on the cars himself. And the lesson he learned there. His dust-up with Cole Custer, which is a bit infamous, I guess, in Canada. Uh, Racing for Driver's Edge Development, having Front Row Joe as a dad. Realistic expectations for this season with GMS Racing and so, so much more. Uh, I want to say this too, like leading up to this interview, I was kind of hesitant because I'd had a couple interactions with John Hunter and he'd been, he'd been nothing but cordial to me, you know, very professional, very chill. Um, but I kind of give off those vibes when I'm trying to, you know, do interviews or interact with drivers, especially on a one-on-one basis that I'd like to make it more than just an interview and kind of take the seriousness out of it. I'd like to make it more personable, more fun. And uh, in the past, very limited interactions, as I said, but He's been a little, like, standoffish, and I got some bad vibes from him, but he's a really cool dude. Uh, so I, I did a little bit of a 180 on John Hunter. I hope you enjoy our conversation. I think he enjoyed it as well. Pleasure to welcome on John Hunter Nemechek, driver of the number 23 for GMS Racing to the program. We were just talking before here at New Hampshire Motor Speedway. It is insanely hot this weekend, but I think you're a workout freak. So this is, like, right up your alley. This is what you train for.
5: Yeah, most definitely. Um Currently training to do a Ironman seventy point three in December wow. um, in California. So um, it'll be the second one that I've ever done, second triathlon I've ever done. Um, so it'll be a, a lot of fun um, being able to go and do that. But uh, I feel like the hotter temps fall into my wheelhouse. You don't want to fall out of a seat as a driver, and right. training for what I'm training for yeah. definitely can't hurt um, for sure.
0: What what do you take so much pride in? being a workout for you because i know it helps you mentally and obviously physically in the car but it seems like you take it to like another level
5: yeah um i've always been one to try and push myself over the limit and mm-hmm. try and be better um better myself every single day that i'm working out or in a race car or whatever it may be i'm never satisfied with um the where i'm at right you always want to continue to grow and learn new things and continue to push yourself over the edge and i've always kind of been that way um definitely I'm not afraid to work hard that's for sure.
0: I, I think I also heard somewhere I think it was on Kelly Crandall's podcast that not only are you a workout freak but you're very into sleep scheduling <laughs> regimented sleep. Well, tell me a little yeah.
4: bit more
5: about that. Um, I don't know about sleep scheduling but just making sure that I recover enough um, for sure I, I feel like um recovery is as much as working out right um you can overtrain and you can overdo yourself and um not recover and not get results from really what you're trying to do so um the body works in fascinating ways
0: what is this drink you got here it's, it's GMS orange which is nice yeah
5: um some uh essential water um is what i'm drinking but um <laughs> it's uh, great water to have and just continue to thank them for the support that they give me um but definitely gonna down some more bottles and yeah. continue that
0: you got to stay hydrated this weekend for sure for sure so i was doing some research on you and i saw that um you were actually a subject of a children's book <laughs> called racing buddies i think your dad had a big part in that what was that all about
5: yeah he definitely did it was when i was a really young kid that book came out called racing and buddies and um i was the subject in it kind of traveling around um, kind of to document some of my life of what i did when i was at oh, the racetrack like- young right that's four, probably yeah. five years old, something like I that. Think a lot of people can say they
0: were subject <laughs> of a book at four years old. Yeah,
5: it, it was pretty neat to be able to still have some copies around and uh, sign them and give them out. But um, it was a really neat experience. I don't remember much of it other than yeah. going back and looking at it now. You can read it and you can, like, that's and you cool. can remember the whole time. Right? Exactly.
0: Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, let's stay, let's stick with family for a little bit. Your grandma. Is your biggest fan? I think that's fair to say. I mean, she. I think she runs your fan club. (laughs) She has a custom-made T-shirt. I read somewhere that she, uh, like, cooks you really good salmon or uses (laughs) or something like that. I mean. She, has she always been that way it's just a super fan of yours and supporting everything you do to the Nth degree
5: yeah not only a super fan of mine but our whole family um, I feel like NASCAR is a family sport mm-hmm. um, even though that we have rivalries out on the track we're one big family and care about each other that's for sure but to have uh, my nana or grandma my dad's mom at the racetrack um, being able to to wear her army fatigue back in the day I mean that's what she was known for mm-hmm. um, when dad was sponsored by the army car I always wore an army fire suit right next to him and she was in her army fatigue. An iconic and car too it was it was a really neat experience being able to be young and meet all the generals and soldiers and everyone that serves our country and we can't thank them enough for them serving for us to give us the freedom that we can come and do what we do on the weekends and put on a show
0: I want to go back seven years uh, to 2012 At New Smyrna Speed Weeks, you got a lot of praise from Kyle Busch that weekend, and you also won the Allison Legacy Series title. It seems like that was the year, career-wise, and you're still super young, obviously, but it seems like 2012 was kind of the year where everything kind of seemed to take off to that next level for
5: you. Yeah, 2012 was really the year that I decided that this is what I wanted to do, um, that I wanted to be in stock cars. I always knew I wanted to race. I just didn't know if it was motocross, stock cars. I I had no idea. Well, what did you do growing Um, up? Race go-karts, quarter midgets, dirt bikes, okay, so uh, played A bit of stick and ball sports. Yeah. I played everything. Um, very into all that stuff, trying to figure out what I wanted to do. But 2012, we won the Allison Legacy Series Championship, and it was my first year running some super late model races. I think I was 14 or 15 at the time. Um, and it, it really took off. I mean, we won 15 out of 18 races in the Allison wow. Legacy car that year. Uh, won 13 out of 18 poles. Like, we dominated that, that whole year. Did you expect um, to be that good? That quick? <laughs> uh <laughs> no um i've always learned you can't have expectations going into things you just kind of take it as it comes and do your best each and every weekend and um but we raced kyle pretty hard at watermelon capital uh speedway in cordial georgia was my first super late motor race ever um and we battled kyle for the lead um there for a while i actually passed him and drove off super race ever? yeah it oh, was wow. it was uh it was pretty fun but kyle and i um, I mean, he's one of the best racers there is down. hands down and, uh, I've been fortunate to be able to race against him in super late models and, uh, the truck series, now the Xfinity series, and just continue to race against him and learn. Um, I've beaten him once or twice, I think, but he, uh, he's, he's beat me quite a few times. Yeah. Um, when you get time, go back to see if you can find the video. I think there's a video on YouTube. Um, I know it's on my Instagram too, but we're racing IRP in 2015 and uh he kind of fenced me roughed me up coming to coming to the checkered flag and beat me by like half a nose like it was nothing um so last week when he didn't do that to his brother i was like come on man (laughs) Um, that's something i'll never forget and i've learned a lot from him and um, wins don't come easy. That's why I've learned um, you have to do everything that you can to make sure that you go out and get wins. You kind of led me
0: right into my next one. Let's talk about your first truck win in 2015, which was, first of all, actually 16 years to the day of your dad's first win in 01. Did you know like the historical date significance yeah, when that happened? it, it was
5: pretty neat. Um, 1999, not 01. Uh, 99, um, sorry. Actually, here in New Hampshire um, was yeah. his first cup win. But yeah, um, we found that out after the race. Didn't know that. Um, didn't have any sponsors on the truck that weekend. Exactly. Um, but it was it was a pretty neat – I mean, any time that you can get your first win in a national series is amazing. Um, but to be able to do it at Chicago was a special place and um, just continue that legacy um, and, and winning in every series I've been a part of since a little kid.
0: Something that I kind of associate associated you with before you went here at GMS was – Driving that Nemco truck, which was white or all black, it had, like you mentioned, it had no sponsors on it. The fact that you were able to win that race, and of course, you won a couple more that we'll get to here in a second. How significant was that, do you think, in terms of that moment in your career? Because a lot of people maybe look at it on the surface and say, oh, here's this kid, you know, famous last name, driving with no sponsor. He'll be in and out in a, in a second. But that was, that was extremely significant.
5: It was significant to my whole career. I mean, yes the last name definitely can't hurt right? right my dad's been a great influence in the sport of nascar and has won a bunch of races throughout his career and um is a legend in my book right but um, I, I think overall um i have to make a name for myself and i started doing that when i started winning races in the nascar national top three right. series um, but to continue to win and win multiple races and i was at the shop every day hands-on working on our trucks and a lot of people think that i'm a spoiled little rich kid right but i had to work for everything that i've been able to be a part of and i mean when the guys were there working until 3 a.m trying to get trucks ready i was right there with them i was just one of the guys at the shop and when we went to the racetrack on the weekends i was still one of the guys but i was a driver also so um a lot of blood sweat and tears went into that whole truck program and it's really gotten me here to where i am today and um, definitely can't thank all the guys enough and every sponsor that we've had to get us to the racetrack and continue with me through my career and even the ones that started with me um you can't do it without fans, and you can't do it without sponsors. Um, that That is for sure.
0: You, you mentioned being at the shop until 3 a.m. with your teams. I, wasn't it true that when you were racing late models, or maybe was there a story when you crashed your first one and your <laughs> yeah. dad made you repair it the hard way?
5: Yeah, um, it was my first Allison Legacy car test. Okay. Um, we went to the racetrack, and I ended up spinning out and hit the wall a little bit. It wasn't bad. It's was just mostly cosmetic damage. Mm-hmm. But um, we are supposed to go test the next week and uh, went to the shop it wasn't loaded (laughs) Um, it was still sitting on jack stands I hadn't been out there dad had tried getting me out there all week to go and I figured the guys were just going to work on it taught me a valuable lesson to work on your own stuff and make sure that it's ready when you go to the racetrack that's pretty cool
0: I like that Um, so we talked about how big those wins were to your career I want to talk about another win that a lot of people know you for and that's at most sport in Canada (laughs) and the Cole Custer incident before we get to the thing that everybody talks about, which is the fight, he taken me through the finish because I was watching that live on my couch screaming and shouting. I mean, that was one of the most insane finishes of all time. W- what do you remember about it?
5: Yeah, it wasn't much of a fight, but um, <laughs> yeah, we, we caught him. I mean, he was quite a ways ahead, and mm-hmm. um, I don't know if he messed up or made a mistake on the last lap, but we caught him really fast, and I got to him. Um, I moved him out of the way, and I think it was turn nine. Um, something like that. And then we got into turn 10. I got underneath of them, got loose. Um, I went back to the gas, and we both ended up in the grass. And once you're in the grass and you're stuck together, you can't really get away from each other. So um, it was definitely a controversial finish. But, um, I mean, I've been put in the fence a, a couple times for for wins but i mean i could have easily dumped them, and he could have finished last you know so um but definitely learned some valuable lessons on my part um on ha- how to handle situations and stuff like that through it and um, as a young kid i mean i was 17 18 at the time something like that you're still learning you're still learning how to be a man you're still learning all the ropes of this deal and still learning how to gain respect throughout competitors in the series um but it's two guys going for the same real estate and uh I'm glad we brought home the trophy <laughs> you,
0: you said it wasn't really a fight which is correct so i guess I, i'll call it an altercation is that fair that's fine so have you had you ever been in an altercation of some sort like that up until that point or is that kind of the first time when you got into one of those dust-ups
5: um probably one of the first times i've got into one of those dust-ups mm-hmm. um i can't remember anything else you're just a
0: clean hard-nosed racer that's <laughs> it um, I just want to win, man. Yeah, it's true. So let's talk about uh, GMS. You're with the Driver's Edge Development Program. That That's a new initiative for you guys this year. How cool is it to be a part of that program, not only from the surface, but also on the inside, all the people that are associated with it and all that goes into it behind the scenes?
5: Yeah, it's a pretty neat program to be in uh, from Junior Motorsports, GMS Racing and Team Chevy kind of coming together to put this Driver's Edge Development program together. But to be a part of it and be one of the first class members or whatever you want to call it, um, it's pretty neat to be able to say that we're a part of that and to say that GMS and uh, Chevy and Junior Motorsports believes in you um, that you can go to the next step and continue on through your career. Um, it, it's it's pretty proud to for myself to right. be able to, to say that I'm a part of that program. But um, it, it's been quite a bit of fun. Um, learned some stuff through on, throughout the way with some of our seminars and stuff like that, but um, just continue to race and do the best that we can each and every weekend.
0: So we talked about your dad a little bit. Um, first of all, he had a great nickname, Front Row Joe. Do you, do you have a nickname? Like, Has anybody no. given you one? Because I feel like you can't really give one to yourself.
5: No, no one's given me one yet. Um, that'll come with time. So let's talk a little
0: bit more about your dad. He's obviously been instrumental in helping you in all different facets of your career, but Take the people behind the curtain a little bit. Well, how big of an impact has he been on your career from all aspects? The mental side, actually getting to the racetrack, learning, the whole nine yards.
5: Uh, he's taught me everything that I know pretty much um, other than myself being out on the racetrack and learning for myself. He, uh, he's been a huge valuable um, asset to my career and um, he's been a boss a team owner a dad a mentor and advisor a lot, of um, hats. A, a lot of hats now it's pretty cool for him to pretty much just be a dad on the weekends be able to come and hang out and watch his son race you know and still be able to race against him sometimes it's pretty neat
0: this season I know that you, you guys have had really good performances so far but I, I know that you Think that there's a lot more left in the tank for this team
5: to kind of get to that next level what's it going to take to get there if i knew we'd be there right now <laughs> that's true um we're just continue to work hard work hard as a driver work hard as a team we win and lose as a team and some weekends aren't as good as others but that's what happens in big time auto racing right so um being a part of this opportunity for mr gallagher the whole gms organization mike beam everyone that brought me on board and um, to have our great partners the fire alarm services and allegiant and um, romco Barry's bullets uh, chevy accessories pretty much everyone that supports this whole deal it means a lot to me to um, be able to be as blessed as I am to be at the racetrack every single weekend racing, um, but it's uh, it's been a lot of fun this year. Um, we've had some ups and downs for sure. It's kind of been a quiet season for us, and um, I, I feel like we continue to make gains. We just need to continue to get better each and every week that we're at the racetrack. Um, that's really all that we can do. Um, we're chasing those big three right now.
0: I was going to say, yeah. So the goals this season, I'm sure for you are lofty, but the big three have kind of separated themselves. From the pack, do you think that you could be that fourth guy to maybe get in there with them? I mean, what are your realistic goals and expectations for this
5: season? I want to win. Uh, my goal is to win at some point this season, and uh, I want to be one of the final four contenders at Homestead. I mean, that's what we're here to do. We're here to win races, we're here to try and win a championship for Mr. Gallagher, myself, and the whole organization. So hopefully, we can be a part of that final four. Um, it's going to take some work. Um, but uh, you have to believe it to be able to get there so um, I I feel like our team has potential to do that Um, we just need to keep getting better each and every week and keep having strong performances and finish where we need to finish I feel like that's kind of been our struggle a little bit is um, we run decent we just haven't finished where we need to finish um, at most races this year so um, just continue to plug on. How frustrating is it though when you're having a good run and then something happens that's out of your control whether it's a wreck
0: there or a part failure it's so some things you just can't control I mean how do you kind of compartmentalize that and say I did nothing wrong it's just a racing deal
5: uh like I said we win and lose as a team you can't point fingers you can't point blame um if I mess up, I know that I messed up, and I'll go back and figure out how to not make a same mistake twice. Go back and watch video, whatever it may be. But we come to the racetrack, and everyone has their check or their boxes that they need to check um, throughout the weekend, and um, you just continue to check them off and go through the weekend and hope that you have a great run. How much time do you spend in the sim? Uh, um. Some time, um, I don't know hours off the top of my head, but um, is
0: it like a regular thing for you during the week?
5: Yeah, I would say so.
0: Yeah, is it
5: beneficial? I assume like, um, yes, uh, for for sure. I mean. We don't get a test anymore. So um, being able to run laps on sim at home or um, a different sim, whatever it may be, we're able to do that.
0: For the rest of the season, any track stand out to you or race that you're circling saying, all right, this is I have a really good feeling about this one. We're gonna get into victory lane.
5: Every week that we go to the racetrack, um, if if we didn't think that we could win or have a shot to win, we wouldn't be showing up every week.
0: John Hunter Nemechek, thanks for the time, man. Thanks. There you have it, GMS Racing's John Hunter Nemechek. Again. Cool dude, I'm glad that you guys, or I hope that you guys enjoyed it as much as I did, uh, doing the interview and editing it down and producing it, so that was fun. Let's look ahead to Bristol Motor Speedway and Evergreen Speedway. If you live under a rock and you're not on social media, um, I basically post it like everywhere because <laughs> it's it's a big deal, um, but I'm doing the double, so I'm doing the Bristol Evergreen double, hashtag Davey double, you already know what it is. You can check out nascarhometracks.com for all the information concerning the pit boxes for Bristol and Evergreen. I'm not going to rehash it here, but I'll tell you the bare-bone basics. Bush Beans 150 at Bristol. Thursday, fanschoice.tv. Napa Auto Parts 150, Canaan West, Evergreen Speedway, Monroe, Washington. Saturday night. It's going to be a late one, though. You're probably going to have to tune in during the later stages of the Bristol race, but... It will be fun. Haley Deegan is also pulling the double with me. You could say it's the Davy Deegan double. Ha-ha, wow, branding, D's, yes. Um, But she's racing for DGR Crosley this weekend in the East Series. She's still racing for Bill McAnally out west, um, but a deal came together. She was able to pull IK9 with sponsorship, went to DGR. She had the sponsor, had the money. They made it happen. So she'll be racing for them. That's going to be her first start in K&N not for BMR, so we're going to be interested to see how she does for them and how she feels in that car. Derek Krause, unfortunately, will not be at Bristol for the K&M Pro Series East, meaning that his pursuit of dual championships and trying to make NASCAR history has come to an end, barring unforeseen circumstances. So really sucks for Derek. I know that he really wanted to be there, but I talked to his team owner, Bill McAnally, basically said, look, you know, we said that as long as we had a shot, we were going to keep going. And they told me that they told me before Watkins Glen, if they were within 10 points of the championship lead leaving the Glen, they would try to be at Bristol. They're 12 points back. And I think also, B- Bill told me that doing both series was kind of hurting everybody else at the shop. You could tell that it was kind of taken away from what they were doing out west, and everybody was just tired and a step behind. Plus, there was some sponsorship and uh, corporate events to be done for BMR on Friday at Evergreen. So that's why Derek Krause is not going to be running the East race at Bristol. He still may run a couple more East races this year, but uh, nothing set in stone yet for that. But the Cup, Xfinity, and Truck Series are all in action from the world's fastest half-mile, Thunder Valley, Bristol Motor Speedway. Truck playoffs kicking off the UNO, I always call it the UNO, 200, at 8.30 p.m. on Thursday night. We got a few one-offers, Chandler Smith with KBM, Sam Mayer, K&N East leader making his truck debut for GMS, Parker Kligerman, you got Raphael Lasard for GBM as well, and Timothy Peters, a longtime truck name. They're all going to be there trying to vie for that victory and pride away from one of those playoff contenders. Don't sleep on Ben Rhodes, don't sleep on Todd Gillen. don't sleep on Harrison Burton. Those three guys barely missed out on the Truck Series playoffs, and they are hungry, and I mean real hungry. So I'm actually picking Ben Rhodes to win this weekend, just just a hunch. So the Xfinity race will be Friday night as well, only a couple races until the playoffs begin. I believe five more to go, but this is the last short track race before the postseason starts for the Xfinity Series. And the Cup Series, the main event, the Bass Pro Shops NRA Night Race, Saturday evening, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time on NBCSN, one of the best races of the year. Everybody always says, you know, hey, I'm trying to get my friend into NASCAR. He wants to go to a race. Where should I take him? Where should he go? 95 or so percent of the time, drivers, teams, owners, sponsors, fans, they will say three words, Bristol Night Race. This is the event that is up there with the crown jewels. It's not Daytona. It's not Darlington, it ain't Martinsville, but it's Bristol, and it's at night. And look, it's not going to be sold out, we know that, but golly is it fun to watch, especially under the lights, half mile, beating, banging, short track tempers on a Saturday night. There's few things like Bristol, there's few things like night racing, there's few things like short track racing, there's few things like Cup Series racing, and when you marry all of those things together, you get a damn good show. Unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to stay for it. As I mentioned, I'm doing the double, but I'm going to be following along as much as I can. I have a feeling that some West drivers out there, specifically Derek Krause and Haley Deegan, because they always stream those Cup and Xfinity races when they're at the track for k and I'm sure Jagger Jones, Trevor Hoddleson, and the squad will kind of watch with us all together. But I'm going to be looking forward to watching that, as I will at Evergreen. We're going to wrap up the show with some lug Nuts of the Week! The music you guys can't tell because this is what we call post production and editing. But I've actually been coughing throughout like the entire show, I just get this little like tickle on my throat, and then I pause and then I gotta edit that out. All right, let's get to it. David Reagan is retiring at the end of the season from full time driving. He left the door open for some part time stuff, but he is leaving front row motorsports because he wants to spend some more time with his family. A lot of positive vibes. Uh, going David Reagan's way. He's literally one of the guys. I I don't think he's made a single soul mad in maybe his entire career, which I think is 13 full-time years in the Cup Series. has two wins, one at Talladega for front row and one at Daytona for Roush Fenway Racing. Unfortunate news for Matt DiBenedetto. Adam Stearns reporting that he probably will not return to the 95 of Levine Family Racing. Christopher Bell probably going to slot in there if everything goes according to plan because Eric Jones is reported to be nearing a contract extension with Joe Gibbs Racing. So that leaves De Burrito with a possibility of sliding into that front row motorsports slot. That's a Ford. He drives a Toyota now. That probably won't be a big deal, though, because, look, a ride's a ride. Um, but, again, you never know. Could he go back to the Xfinity Series and run full-time? Well... Not out of the question, he is racing for Joe Gibbs Racing at Road America next weekend with IK9 as a sponsor. Uh, th- that's actually the final off weekend for the Cup Series. It was going to be Jeffrey Earnhardt's ride, but his kind of split from IK9 left a couple races open, and Matt Benedetto jumped on it, so he's going to be racing for them, and I think he might have a real good shot at winning. Bubba Wallace, he got inked, and I liked NBC Sports NASCAR's headline. L in a in parentheses inked, aka linked. Ha, get it? Winky nudge. Hey, he got inked with a Richard Petty tattoo on the back of his right thigh. That's right. The bet was lost by Bubba, so he paid up. Uh, he got the tattoo. Looks pretty good. I, if I were to get a tattoo, which I probably won't, Richard Petty autograph is probably up there on the list because that thing is sick. Car Shield is going to sponsor Ross Chastain for the seven race playoffs. Really cool. He actually won a gateway with them on the truck. And it's good to see sponsors stepping up for a driver that really deserves it, honestly. Jeff Mendering, Brandon Jones' crew chief, he was fined $5,000 for a loose lug nut post-Mid-Ohio. And you had two big-time penalties, Danny Stockman, crew chief for Austin Dillon, and Luke Lambert, crew chief for Daniel Hemrick. They were fined twenty-five thousand Ten Ten driver and owner points were docked from those teams because they both failed inspection after qualifying I believe, and things did not get better for them as they both wrecked in the race with Eric Almarola. Yikes. Speaking of yikes, how about Eric McClure? You guys remember that name? Xfinity Series guy? Drove that number 14 Reynolds wrap orange and silver car? He revealed some health issues that he's been struggling with. Has to do with his lungs and he has something called compartment syndrome which causes some kidney failure. It's pretty sad stuff, so we're thinking of Eric McClure. Hopefully he gets better. Um, and also, I did i almost forgot but i think uh caleb sluha i think that's how you pronounce your last name caleb if you're listening but he pointed out something that um i totally forgot about a couple of years ago eric McClure, mcclure was involved in a domestic violence dispute with his uh wife i believe they're still together sorry i don't have the info in front of me like i said i'm i'm playing a little sick so i'm trying to wrap this up but um hey i mean you never want to see anybody sick So, uh, thinking of Eric McClure, hope he gets better and, uh, hope that whole situation was resolved. Well, that's a weird way of ending episode 24 of Victory Lane 2.0, but that's what we do here. We are weird. Uh, so do me a favor. Please rate, review, subscribe on iTunes. We are also on Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud. We got it all going for us here on Victory Lane. And guess what? I promise you guys that I would read some reviews, and I'm pulling it up on my phone right now. I'm trying to find where I can find the reviews. Okay. That's not working. All right. Let me just search it. This is like the other week when I literally did not know where I was the past week, so I had to look at my calendar figure out where I was. All right. Found some reviews. I think. Uh, I don't think there are any... Oh, wait. Oh, no. This is my roommate. Yeah. I don't think there are any new ones. Well, this one's from... Kenseth or Kenseth believe this is Alex Yellen. five stars. Davey offers an interesting mix of culture and NASCAR that can apply to even the most minimal fans. Keep doing you, kid. The day will come soon. Hashtag hopefully. Yeah, if you know, you know uh, the best from Vroom Vroom 42 best NASCAR podcast out there. Hands down. I think that's my boy, Elijah. Jew boy underground genuinely incredible Davey somehow knows how to be in depth for hardcore fans while still being accessible and entertaining to newer folk amazing presence genuinely that's an incredible review Um, this one is from KHI fan Kathleen this is an actual review that I didn't ask somebody to write these are from a while ago by the way Uh, Davey does a great job with his podcast race discussion along with a sense of humor mixed in makes for a very fresh and enjoyable show Kathleen thank you so much MMA girl XXX. I don't know who that is. I think somebody told me who this was, but I don't remember. I wasn't a fan of NASCAR before, but after this podcast, I'm hooked on it. Uh, This is from 18 Diego Didi. Ooh, big fan. Five stars. Big, big love to Davey. He brings a new energy that hasn't been seen in the media for years, and it shows in his content. Subscribe to notifications turned on. How can you not love this guy? Three fire emojis wow well now that i just gassed myself up so much i'm gonna say goodbye so i'm gonna try to get better after being sick i'm gonna try to enjoy my cross-country flight from bristol back to or no from tri-cities that is bristol back to charlotte all the way across country to seattle pray for no rain and then all the way back from seattle to dc and then i'm working my nbc sports washington job and then next week i'll be at gateway motorsports park hell yeah brother Um, I'm going to try to knock out an interview with the K&N driver this weekend to hopefully run next week. Let's just say that he or she is one of, if not the most popular driver in the series. That's why I said try to, because sometimes people forget certain amounts of equipment. (laughs) I forgot my XLR cable. Uh, How am I recording this right now? It's with my longer XLR cable that I use for my videos, but you don't really care about that. (laughs) And uh, some people also are not good at managing their time because I have to wear 10,000 hats when I'm working my job. But I love it, and um, I'm going to stop rambling now. So I'll talk to you guys next week. Peace and love. Enjoy Bristol. Enjoy Evergreen. Have a great week, and I'll talk to you guys next time.